Alright, what's up my friends? So it's me again. It's always me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been quite a it's been quite a long time since I you know recorded here in Anchor. So yeah, but anyway, this is a continuation of the uh, the star of my life, you know. And uh, this part two, and I'm picking up where I left off last time. So yeah. Where was I? I was, you know, yeah, uh, all those abuse that I suffered culminated at a point, you know, when, uh, when I was in college and uh, I got I got into college without knowing what really, you know, what, what I really wanted out of my life, you know, what I wanted to be or, you know, what career path or what, uh, what course to study, you know, and I was just... And I was a young kid, I was 17 years old, and I didn't know anything about life at all. And, um, you know, what uh, what usually happens here is that, um, you know, after you gra- graduate high school, you're supposed to go to college right away, and so that's what happened. Uh, my parents have set up this kind of like, uh, this expectation of me, ever since I was a kid, that they wanted me to be a doctor, you know, and so they kept telling me all throughout my uh, studying that oh you're gonna take this course in college and then you're gonna be a doctor one day so yeah that's what happened that's what happened I, I followed their you know, their path the path that they've laid out for me and at the time I was, I was feeling really kind of I don't know I didn't know what to do I was just going along with what they wanted for me and you know I was like um, I had no idea and had no idea what I wanted for myself and um, you know, so I just went along, and I was—I just didn't know anything, you know, anything back then. I was just following my parents, what they wanted for me. You know? And so yeah, I got into college, and uh, they wanted me to study med tech or medical technology. You know? uh, I was given a choice between biology and uh, med tech, and I chose med tech. So yeah, I was—you know—I got into med tech. I got into a very well-known. Um, college here in the Philippines. I mean, it's like the up one in the you know, higher tier of college schools in here. So, uh, yeah, I got in there, and right off the bat, you know, right off the bat, when I got there, I just knew that this this shit isn't for me. You know, this isn't for me, and um, it just wasn't. My interest wasn't there. It had a uh, didn't have any place in my value structure I mean looking back now and having a value structure now I mean it, it, it ranks very low in my you know in my value structure you know so I just didn't have anything you know in there that would interest me to take that course and it was so it was just like you know so stressful and um, uh, it was just it just wasn't for me so but what happened was I stayed. I, I, you know, I got to know, you know, my friends, and it was very, it was, it was a very exciting time, you know, because, you know, you're, you, it's, it's your first time in college, and my first time in college, and, uh, you know, getting to know new people from all kinds of backgrounds, and you know, uh, getting to, you know, getting to have new friends. It was very fun. I mean, but looking back now, if it wasn't for my blockmates, my classmates. That you know, especially the first, the first, um, the first people that I knew and that I became friends with during my first block, you know, in college. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have stayed um, any longer at that, you know, at that course because it was, it was really fun. It was really fun being with them and getting to know them and all the shit that we did, you know. It's just, it was just funny. But yeah. Even though I wasn't really, it, it wasn't really the course that I wanted for myself, and I, you know, because I had no idea what I wanted, uh, it was still fun, mostly because of the experiences that I've had with, you know, my friends. And, um, yeah, I mean, when I was in first year, I, I really wanted to shift courses, you know, I wanted to tell my parents about it, but I just didn't get to it, you know, I mean, I wanted to tell them, but first I was kind of afraid that they wouldn't like the decision. I mean, the, you know that they um, 
because they wanted me to be a doctor and the course that I wanted to shift to was something is mass communication you know I wanted to shift to mass comm and you know when I was when I was in uh, when I was in high school uh, I was always you know most of the time I was best in English I mean, I mean English has been really one of my favorite subjects you know and so yeah I mean I, I kind of had this uh, this um kind of reputation of someone who was good at English, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, ever since, I mean, it just came naturally to me, you know, I mean, perhaps from watching a lot of English movies when I was a kid, you know, I, I really got good into it, and then, you know, some other people just like, I mean, yeah, my classmates would, would always tell me that, hey, you're good at English, you know, teachers would tell me that I'm good at English, and other people would tell me that I'm good at English, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was just kind of a natural thing for me, you know, but, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I wanted to shift the mask on when I was in college, but I didn't tell my parents about it, and until it just kind of like, you know, slid off my mind, and I just decided to carry on for the first year, after the second year, but, you know, at the time, it was a really, really stressful time, and, you know, the commute from school to, you know, to house is, uh, it's like, in total, it takes about four hours a day the traffic was bad it was so terrible man. and at the time you know given the given the things that I was already experiencing I mean you know my health problems and all that um, it was really hard it was really difficult and um, you know and back then I didn't really have any idea what healthy means I mean what a healthy lifestyle is or what being healthy is you know I just ate you know whatever I grew up eating, you know, like junk food and, you know, processed food. And I wasn't, I was almost eating no real food at all, you know, and that really, really, you know, really worsened my, um, my, my physical health. And at the time I wasn't really feeling it that much, but, you know, so came the second year of college and at that, at, you know, at this point I was, you know, me and my, you know, my earlier friends. And, you know the first friends that I that I made with, uh, at college, we kind of uh, drifted apart because you know we, we went to separate separate blocks and we like um, sections you know so we we weren't having the same classes anymore and I really got to I mean I got to I got to you know I you know I was like um uh, thrown in into a new batch of people and friends. And that was a hard thing for me, you know, that was a hard thing for me because I didn't really have the proclivity to socialize, you know, I didn't have the, uh, I didn't have the, uh, let's just say, let's just say that I'm not a very social person because, first of all, I haven't been taught how to be when I was a kid by my parents, and I just, you know, I felt that I've been misunderstood for most of my life, and there are only a few people that kind of like you know I I kind of trust only a few people that's how my you know attachment style works or you know, something like that and once I really get to know a person then that's I open up that's when I open up you know but only when I've had like that um, built that um, trust you know and it wasn't easy for me and I was like just I was just like this uh, this um, silent kid you know silent kid in the corner kind of an introvert but you know yeah so that was me and being socializing with new friends especially if those friends have already been kind of like friends before it was a hard thing for me and so that made it really really difficult for me at the time you know and so yeah what happened was yeah second year was really the time when I when you know when I decided that this isn't really the course for me, you know. And so yeah, I switched up. I uh, <laughs> actually what I did was I, I dropped out. I dropped out. And at the time, you know, I was I was kind of like flunking my classes. Well, I, I was not late. I, w- I I wasn't failing, but sometimes I would go in late, you know, because I wasn't feeling good or I just I, I just wasn't interested in it no more. So at the time, I was also kind of like addicted to a uh, to Dota. It's a computer game very famous online game you know 
and I just kind of spent my time doing that, you know. And it was at this time where I really began to feel the effects of the stress because I was having digestive issues. I was having, like, um, I mean, this is, I mean, this got really bad that to the point that I would have like, I would fart like um, every minute, man. At the time, I, I just didn't think too much about it, you know. But it was definitely bothering me. But I didn't, I didn't. I mean, I, I just thought it was normal, you know. Like, but yeah, looking back now, I really had bad gut problems back then, because like, I think I fart. I had gas. I, I you know, I, I have gas and blow out gas. I fart in like every five minutes, you know, like twice every five minutes, and it was so bad, man. And you know, <laughs> it made for awkward social situations when you know you're stuck in tight places and you're with a lot of people, and you see, I'm kind of just holding it in, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was bad, and I also felt like something was wrong with my stomach. And you know, looking back now, it was all because of the uh, because of all the things that I've been eating, like processed food, just nasty things, man, looking back now, you know, at the time, I just thought those things were normal, you know, and after that, the stress, the stress that I was having, facing at the time, and also, I had a lot of self-hatred at the time, you know, I was very critical of myself, and because, you know, as I've said in the previous episode, uh, my father was, you know, very angry at us, almost you know, most of the time when we were kids, and, you know, the abuse that I, that we all took from him, you know, I kind of internalized that anger, and, you know, put it onto me, you know, and I've read that, you know, that, that's what happens, it's either you, it's either you um, externalize it, and be, become abusive yourself, or you kind of, you kind of just, you kind of uh, turn it in onto yourself, you know, and, yeah, I mean, looking back now, I'm kind of remembering the way that I talked to myself, the way it was inside my head. I was very like hateful and reject rejectful towards towards myself, you know. And that anger really does, you know, it damages the you know, it creates cortisol. It just it just damages the the gut, especially the stomach, you know. So yeah, I had that inner rage turned on to me, you know. So yeah, all those factors, and um, yeah, I mean, again, in second year, I kind of dropped out to my course, from my course, and um, you know, I told this, because I just couldn't take it anymore, and I, I finally decided to just, you know, no matter what my parents are gonna, gonna tell me, you know, I'm just gonna, because I'm just gonna tell them that I am not, you know, I'm not able to put up with this, that I can't take it anymore. That's what I did. I told my dad. At the time, my mom was, uh, my mom was uh, in Israel. My mom was uh, because they were both in the military. My mom was in the army, so my mom was in Israel, and she, you know, I think it was she was doing uh, some kind of training over there. I mean, she was she became a part of the uh, UN United Nations. Um, what they call it? Peacekeeping force. Yeah, that's what she did. So at the time she was there and uh, you know it was like um, yeah the situation the whole situation was yeah, you know I'm busting my out I'm busting my ass in here just to put you in school you know it was like that and now you're gonna drop out so there's this there's that overall vibe you know coming from from her you know and from within but you know the only parent that I that I had at the time was my dad, so I told it to him. Yeah, I just basically decided to stop for a while. But then, you know, still because of the pressure, uh, they wanted me to just, you know, instead shift courses, you know. So at the time, I had an idea in mind. I wanted to shift to fine arts, but uh, you know, yeah, because I I'm I'm into drawing and I I'm really into art. Yeah, I wanted to shift into fine arts, so I did. I kind of did. I went for the application, took the exam. But while I was doing this, 
something inside me began telling me that uh, you need to rest and just just pause, stop, you know. And I was at the time I was really feeling like uh, I don't know. I was just feeling. I wasn't. Ju- I just wasn't feeling good. I mean, there's something underlying that's been, you know. So th- this is the time when I really became aware of this underlying feeling that I've had for most of my life, you know, and it's just, it was just during this time that I became aware of it and started to question what was, what was causing it, you know, so yeah, I mean, I took the exam, but, you know, I finished it, but I didn't go back for the results, you know, I went back home, kind of, I lied to my dad, I said, I didn't pass the exam, but, you know, who knows what happened there, you know, I don't know if I passed or I didn't, but I just told my dad I didn't pass, and um, I, I need to take a break. You know, so that's what I did. I took a break, and it was during this break that, you know, it was during it was during this break that um, I really got in touch with what was causing that underlying feeling of not just feeling good and feeling dark and gloomy. You know? And this was already a time when I was, you know. When I was in a very nihilistic mindset, because it was the time when, you know, when you know, I've been an atheist. At this time, at this, you know, this was the time that I became an atheist. You know, I, I mean, I, I am an atheist. I became, I became an atheist when that. I, I don't remember if I told this uh, part on the on the previous episode, but you know, when my when my younger brother died, you know, he, he was very premature, and, you know, he was very premature, and my mom had to go through a lot, you know, because my mom had have had miscar- miscarriages before, but this one was, we, we as a family have been very hopeful, because, you know, he stayed up, he stayed up until six months inside my mom's womb, but up until mom, because mom has this condition called, I think it's called eclampsia, preeclampsia, I'm not really quite sure. But, you know, every time that the baby would reach a certain, you know, like, you know, a certain time in, inside of her, um, she would go into this, you know, she would have high blood pressure and all these health, health complications. And so what happened was she was forced to, she was forced to, uh, to uh, deliver Jai, uh, my baby brother's name was supposed to be Jai. You know, it was uh, she was forced to deliver Jai at a very premature state. You know, it was six months, I think. So yeah, they they had to take him out and put him in the incubator. And I was really hoping at this time, my, my, we were raised in a Christian faith, you know, Catholic Christian faith. And at this point in time, my faith was kind of on the rocks. But I kind of like I was praying at the time, like. I made a deal with God, like, hey, you know, I was praying, like, hey, if you, if you want to prove to me that you're really there, I mean, this is the time to do it, you know, just, I mean, just, just, just keep, keep Jai alive, you know, make him go through and keep, let him live, let him live, and I promise I'll get back to you, you know. But, you know, after all the pain and the, you know, the suffering that we all had to go through during that period, after being in the ICU for a week, his lungs passed out, and, you know, he died. And that was really, that, that became the coffin, the final coffin on the nail, you know, so to speak. That really cemented the idea in my head that life is pointless, you know, it's meaningless, there's no God, like, you know, it was a dark, dark time, and, um, yeah, but, you know, that's what got me, that's what made me an atheist, that, like, the final nail on the, ca- on the, on the coffin, you know, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, back to the college days, yeah, I mean, you know, I dropped out, and I'm, uh, I'm, most of the time, because, yeah, I just spent time at home, 
And I, ha- I had a lot of time to myself, you know. And that's when I, you know, that's when I really got to the point. Got to the... Because it's been nagging me for a very long time. And, um, you know, I just asked the question, why am I feeling this way? Why am I all of a sudden depressed and negative and I just couldn't just couldn't be happy or find meaning in anything you know I had a girlfriend at the time who became the mother of her, her first child so what happened was you know this was 2014 so I got her pregnant I got her pregnant and uh, you know that's when it really hit I mean even before that I mean I was I mean months before I got her pregnant um, I was I was being depressed I, I mean I was depressed I was depressed and uh, just was, was just wondering why but then I got her pregnant and then I don't know if this happened before I got her pregnant or after but I that's when I made the connection to my childhood and the way that I'm feeling now you know so I read a book. I did. I did my research. I read a book. I read several books about this childhood trauma. And at the time, you know, it was kind of in the back of my mind all along. But I was like, there, there wasn't this, there wasn't this switch, you know, or like uh, this aha moment that it was the thing that was causing it. But I wasn't denying the fact that I had a rough childhood. It was always in the back of my head. And then I made the dot. I mean, I connected the dots, and then it was just ah, that's it, you know. It was that moment that I realized it had a lot to do with the way that I was raised. And so yeah, I mean, that's that's. And I read the book, which was written by you know by John Bradshaw, Homecoming, uh, Reclaiming and Championing Your Inner Child, and just you know a lot of other. I mean, that was the main book. But, you know, that was it. I made the connection and I did an exercise from the book that, you know, I shouldn't have done, but, you know, I did it. But, you know, uh, it accessed most and it accessed lots of those repressed memories and feelings. You know, so what happened was basically comes down to this right you know all the abuse rough childhood abusive childhood terrible childhood the pressure of the of you know having found out that you are going to become become a father and you know having you know parents that are very very kind of like military in their approach and you know <laughs> yeah but yeah all those things and the abuse plus the health problems that I had plus the pressure of being a dad and the upheaval of emotions and all those painful memories coming up and the accompanying feelings that rose up in me it took a toll on me and what happened was I kind of like I broke but you know uh, I tried to escape it tried to escape reality and there was also this time when, when I got into I got into meditation and somehow I don't know exactly how what led to that but kind of like into the occult esoteric knowledge you know so I got in touch with those kinds of things and you know but yeah I mean at the time like I was just kind of like escaping you know I couldn't handle the reality that I'm in that I'm at so to escape self-destruct mode you know wasn't sleeping wasn't eating didn't know what to do didn't have any plans for the future it was just like you know no meaning no meaning so you know uh, wasn't sleeping I wasn't eating my parents thought I was on meth <laughs> because meth is a pretty uh, widespread used drug here in the Philippines they thought I was on meth, and uh, you know, because those are the things that, uh, is, you know, not being able to sleep, not being able to eat, those are the things that meth 
with us, you know. And I was screaming. I was like, yeah, there was, there was also the thing. I mean, I was voicing out all of my pain and hurt to them, my parents, you know. And they, I mean, of course, as a parent, you couldn't. It's hard for you. It's hard for them to accept and get to terms, you know. You know, coming to the terms that they might have messed up my childhood and messed me up a little bit, you know. And it's just hard for parents to accept, but that's, you know, they didn't like that at all. I mean, it, it, it hurt them. But I was just expressing my, you know, my, my anger to them. They, they weren't, you know. Yeah, how come you, you how, how come you're saying this to us, you know? We brought you up, you know, we provided all these things for you, you know. But yeah, I mean, looking back, they just, I mean, it was very understandable, you know. But um, yeah, so what happened was I broke down mentally, psychologically, like because of the lack of sleep, no food messing me up I was messing myself up kind of like something like that and so yeah uh, they put me in a uh, psych ward you know they put me in a psych ward because I was doing all kinds of weird shit you know and you know as a kid I've been always I mean as a teen I've I've always been into heavy music you know metal because I felt like it resonated with a very deep feeling that I had inside, although I didn't know why. But mostly it was uh, it was rage, you know. But um, yeah, so what I was doing at the time was, you know, I would spend a lot of time at the rooftop and just you know scream and sing angry songs, and I was making a lot of noise, but I wasn't hurting anyone, and they didn't like it, you know, because I was acting all kind of strange. So yeah, they thought that I was going crazy. Really appeared like that, you know. Really appeared like that. But you know, looking back, yeah, I was kind of like just expressing all this primal rage in a way, just in not in the. I want to say not in the best way, but I was just expressing all my pain in a way that, you know, in the only way I knew at the time. didn't know any better back then but um yeah so that you know they put me in the psych ward they couldn't take it anymore they put me in the psych ward forcefully there's a lot a lot of things happened before i got there got beat up by several male nurses got into a scrap with some of them and you know they stretched me out of this place you know they stretched me out of the house and they, they had soldiers coming in here tying me down to a stretcher you know because I didn't want to go, but this was the, the, you know, this was the weird thing, because I was kind of getting into spirituality and kind of like, you know, getting back that connection towards the, you know, let's say spirit, right? And at the time, there was this inner voice telling me that I was supposed to be there. It was, it was a weird thing, but at the time, I still wasn't believing that there was some higher power. It's at the time, like this, that 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 voice was like an override, you know. And also looking back now, you know, I think that I might have been kind of, you know, I might have been influenced by, you know, some several negative entities, you know. And uh, I don't know if you believe in that kind of stuff. This kind of like the airy fairy woo-woo bullshit. But you know, if you're into it, and I'm, I certainly am. And I'm not using this as an. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this like I'm not saying that all those spirits were the reason why I became like that. I mean, not saying this as an escape or an excuse to alleviate responsibility because I was indeed responsible at the time for what happened to me, what was happening, you know. But I didn't know any better back then, you know. And you know, yeah, back to the entities like when you are kind of in a very dark place that's when they go in you know and drag you even deeper into the darkness so yeah kind of, kind of have been influenced by them you know and having a weak will 
because I didn't have anything to live for in my mind back then. Uh, I was just yeah, escape this hole, escape this place. And there was a voice inside me that was telling me to just end it. But there was this other voice that was telling me. I was like really, literally hanging by a thread back then. I almost, I almost jumped down over, uh, you know, from the from a rooftop. But then there was this thread, this very thin thread that said, you know, that was keeping me in there. You know, like don't do it. Just hang on, hang on. And then yeah, it was the very same thing, very same voice that was. I was hearing it from within. Uh, it was it was it was the same voice. Like, you're supposed to be here, you know. You're supposed to be in that place. And so I just kind of like surrendered. So yeah, I got there, got at the scrap of the nurses <laughs> because they they wanted to tie me up again, tie me down to the bed, and I didn't even know what 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 my uh, diagnosis was, you know. And they wanted to tie me up to the bed right away. Because that place, that's like what it was, it was very outdated, uh, shady, you know, I, I heard a lot of stories when I was in there, that, you know, a lot of bad things have been going on in there, but yeah, I mean, when you got admitted there, they would just think that you were crazy, you know, drug you up, tie you down, if you're not behaving well, you know, then you stay there, put you on this dangerous psychotropic drugs. I mean, I mean this, uh, yeah, those antipsychotics and antidepressants. There was almost no emotional counseling or support. They didn't, they didn't look at that aspect of it. It was very outdated, man. Like they still had electroshock, you know, Jesus. But uh, you know, they didn't look at the ver- at the, you know, a lot of research and studies have been nowadays proven that, you know mental disorders are not just caused by imbalances, chemical imbalances in the brain. I mean, I truly believe that it's caused by trauma, you know? It's caused by trauma and so, a lot of other factors, but most of it is unprocessed, unhealed trauma. So yeah, I mean, it was a nasty place. Not, 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 not really a nasty place, something, but kind of a nasty place. But you won't heal unless you're strong. I mean, unless you really get in touch with other modalities you know and just there's a guy there who just like was drugged out of his fucking mind you know I can like really tell that he suffered a lot of trauma and pain but he's just so fucking drugged up yeah I mean but yeah I mean you know so yeah the voice inside me maybe I think it was my soul told me that I was supposed to be there, you know, so I surrendered, and that's when I got, began getting my wits together, you know, that's when I began piecing the puzzle, you know, you know, piecing the puzzle together, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it became clear, 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 and clear, that it was definitely trauma, Causing. I'm not, I was just, I wasn't going insane for no reason at all, you know, like this was a spiritual emergency I had, you know, so yeah, I mean, spent quite some time there, spent about uh, two weeks during my first day there, and uh, you know, spent, um, you know, they took me out there after two weeks, brought me back in again after like a week of vacation because I started again some ruckus didn't hurt anybody though physically because I still knew what I was doing but I was just acting really really weird and you know expressing all the pain that I had yeah it was they brought me back there because I was being very angry at my parents you know I was I was being very angry at them expressing my pain to them and they brought me back second stay was about a month and a month and two weeks if I remember correctly and uh, you know it was the second stay that really where I really began to like piece it together even more you know and you know yeah back back to my girlfriend being pregnant it was only about a month before she would you know 
she would uh, give birth to our son. And so, yeah, that's what the, that's the time that I really kind of like wanted to get out there. Like my, like whatever I had to do there was done. Like I, I need to face this. I need, I need, I have a kid coming up. You know, I, I have a whole life ahead of me, and not just my life too. I'm having a son. And so yeah, one of the main motivations for me to heal my wounds, my traumas, was was him. It was Austin. My son, our son. I didn't want to pass it on to him. You know, so I think him being born was the was the main motivator inspiration for me to get my to heal and really really dig deep you know because at the time I didn't have any support group I didn't have people to talk to most of it was kept within myself I had my girlfriend at the time but you know she wasn't like she just wasn't connecting to me on that very deep level level you know when I'm telling her about it and you know when I got out I did some stupid things you know you know like uh, I had I had sex with a with one of my fellow patients who was in there I mean we really, we really got close inside but you know it was this kind of like when I got out you know I kind of like wanted to rebel against my parents you know like wanted to I just want, maybe I just wanted to get laid you know yeah but I wasn't really rebelling to them because I knew I'd be having a kid I knew, I knew, I knew the responsibilities that I was about to have. But at the time, you know, <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's very, very funny. And, you know, the only reason that I had sex with that girl was she was the only one at the time that I can have really sex with and was open to it. And um, because at the time, my girlfriend just gave birth to our son, so I couldn't have sex with her just yet. You know, I was missing it so much because we... we we, we do it a lot and it's kind of like our main thing one of the actually one of the main things that kept our relationship together was we had a really really rad sex life you know so yeah I mean I was missing it and you know I like, just had to do it but it was the weirdest thing because while I was having sex to this girl like I was thinking about my girlfriend you know, all the time, like, I was imagining that it was her, you know, and, um, I, I mean, I mean, to me, looking back, I stayed loyal within, to her, emotionally, and, you know, mentally, but not just, not just physically, you know, but yeah, it was a stupid thing to do, and then, I mean, I think karma got, got me back right away. I I contracted an STD, like I don't know it was I don't know what kind of what kind of STD it was, but it was you know I had <laughs> I was um you know that when you yeah like there's just this pus coming out of my dick you know it was a very painful when I urinate and then th- it was the reason that how she fi- it was the way she found out about it you know because I had it you know and I admitted it to her. Wanted to break up with me, man. It caused her a lot of pain at the time. You know, man, when she found out, she wanted to take my son away. Wanted to, break, uh, you know, break up with me. But I begged her. You know, I cried to her. And um, just stay, stay with me, please. Let's make this work. And she did. We stayed together for almost a year. We tried to make it work, and it was working kind of okay, you know. But um, yeah, uh, at the time I, w- I still had a lot to process. But um, yeah, I mean, it just got to the point where we were not on the same page anymore, you know. And it, and it was like uh, I had my own healing work to do.
and she she just didn't connect with that you know so um what happened was i went to our province in isabella stayed there and kind of like i went you know into a soul searching face and uh, I kind of found my soul actually in there you know what I was looking for because that's the time that I you know I've been always into boxing when I was a teen I started I mean I trained boxing a little bit when I was a teen you know and when I was in Sabella like I said I wanted to train I want to train uh, martial arts MMA you know so I found a gym and then the coaches there asked me if I wanted to train to become a coach and then I said yes wow it's like a dream come true you know but then uh, you know setbacks um, got beat up in a sparring match and I wasn't expecting it to turn out that way because I was expecting the other coach to take it easy on me and I was told I was told at the beginning my thigh you know and you know beat me up kind of like punished my leg couldn't walk for like a week couldn't walk, you know, I mean, I couldn't walk uh, straight for a week, it was very painful, it shocked me, and, you know, being away from my son, my girlfriend, it, you know, they, they were always on my mind at the time, and, uh, you know, I, I quit the gym job, it wasn't really, it wasn't really, it wasn't really a job back then, because I was still a trainee, but, you know, I stopped training, went back to went back to our place at Achake because the gym was you know like two cities away from where my parents were you know. so I went back there and then I, and I decided to go back here to the big city you know and uh, went back to the big city then found out that she was you know she admitted to me I mean she admitted to me that she she had a she had a boyfriend I was away and you know kind of like um, like uh, because when I when I when I returned you know before I returned here in the big city you know and during one of my meditation uh, practice um, during one of my meditations the message was so clear I could really feel it in my being you know, like, it's the same voice I think it's the voice of my soul like that your life is about to change in a big way, you know. And then just be ready. That's what it told me. That's what it was basically saying to me. And then I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be that. But you know, yeah. But I got back. You know, she admitted it to me. And days later, broke up. I thought we were going to fix it because that's what she told me at the time. But then you know, she chose the other other his boyfriend I, I mean her boyfriend and um, you know at the time like I was ready to let go when she she admitted it to me like I was ready I was like okay sure if you want to choose him I understand that I haven't been the best partner and if you think that you find you know what you're looking for in a man in him then go for it I mean that was my mentality but what happened was she told me she's gonna fix it so I expected that she would come back to me break up with a boyfriend, you know, and I was ready for that too, but, you know, um, you know lied, she lied to me about it, lied to me about it, said that on her birthday she was gonna, you know, spend time with her classmates, her old friends during her high school days, but then I found out she was, she was with the guy, so, you know, and then when she got back, from that, uh, you know, they were they spent they were on the beach. They spent her birthday on a beach somewhere here in the Philippines. And then when she got back from that, you know, from that event, she broke up with me. And that, I think that what made it very painful. That's what made it very very painful. I don't know why, but yeah, but perhaps it was because of the all the lies. You know? And yeah, it was that. That really, it was that. You didn't have to do that at all. Lie to me like that, you know? I know I messed up in the past, but, you know, 
did my best to to make it up to her but you know so yeah she broke up with me we broke up and the breakup Put me in a very depressive state and you know I was very very fortunate and lucky to have had you know my a spiritual practice at that time to have developed somehow developed a spiritual practice at the time because if it wasn't for that I mean because she took she took our son away from me you know not really like I mean she took she took him away didn't want me to have any part of that to, to be in my son's life unless I can provide something you know. so yeah yeah it got to a, you know it brought me to a very very low to a very low um, state and you know yeah of course it was heartbreaking <laughs> you know it broke my heart but uh, you know Thankfully, I've had a spiritual practice back then that, you know, um, helped me, you know, like, um, that I, I got to hold on to, you know, I thought of, you know, the thought of, you know, just the thought of committing suicide just came to my mind, but I knew that I wasn't going to do it, unlike the first time, you know, I was sure that it was just a thought and I'm not going to do it this time around. But um, yeah, it was a very dark time again, low time in my life. And um, you know, thankfully, I've had the strength to uh, get back up on my feet. And that's when I decided again to train, to train, to be a coach again. I contacted my old coaches, so I went back to Isabella, and that's when you know, kind of like. When I tried to build myself up again, and uh, you know, I trained. They trained me. My, I mean, yeah, my coach trained me. My friend, who's now my very, a very good friend of mine, you know, uh, he trained me, taught me most of the things he knew, and then I was like, from there, I had because I really had an interest in it, you know, fitness, martial arts. since then I've been putting myself together and you know this was way back in 2017 so she broke up 2016 2017 I uh, kind of started to put myself and get myself up and um, yeah 2017 still ups and downs but you know yeah in 2018 you know this when I really got into you know really 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 uh, dove in into my work you know it became a very huge part of my life you know and in a way it was, it's what it kind of like saved me in a way you know so yeah um, yeah where I'm at where where I'm at right now is um, you know there's a, there hasn't been uh, any major like challenging thing from there from that point on any any like any really turbulent times but it was still you know challenges inner challenges and outer challenges and you know, we all deal with that but looking back now if it wasn't for those things um, I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be where I am right now so looking back I'm grateful that happen that way and that if I can change those things perhaps I, I would have liked to change some of the things that I've done but you know I can't <laughs> but you know I wouldn't have it any other way you know and so yeah right now I'm uh, I'm still a trainer I, I train boxing Muay Thai and like um, uh, other exercises too like uh, circuit training you know so I'm a trainer and what else you know I'm into a lot of other practices too like um, meditation I've had um, I've experimented and have worked with plant medicine psychedelics 
parang only mad only psilocybin mushrooms so and that too I mean that really you know helped me heal a lot of my past you know and so yeah so here I am now you know I'm doing I'm doing better than you know I'm doing better now than I ever did before and um yeah just still trying to you know go through life and deepen whatever I have in here you know deepen my spiritual practice and just heal and heal so yeah this is the best um time that I've had that I'm having in my life right now so yeah so I mean that's it that's pretty much it my background my story and um I hope you enjoyed listening to it, to my story, and uh, yeah. And you know, aside from this, aside from you know, podcasting, which is really actually a very new thing for me. You know, um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Holistic Harry. You know, just look up Holistic Harry on Instagram, and um, you know, you can also find me on YouTube with the same name, Holistic Harry. You can also find me on Facebook, Adam Harry Hernal. There's also I also have a page, yeah. uh, also named Holistic Harry. So yeah, you can find me there too. And um, I have another Facebook page, which is uh, you know uh, my my boxing page, my business page, uh, Master Strike Boxing and Fitness. If you'd like to check that out, you know I hope you do, and I hope you you, you connect with me. So yeah, we're gonna thank you all for listening, and um, you know, um, just wanna say that uh, your way. Uh, I mean, it may sound cheesy here, but you know, we have um, a very deep source of strength and resilience within each and every one of us. You know, and that um, no matter what you go through. I just want you to know that you are you're stronger than you think you're way tougher than you think and that you have it in you to turn any any situation around for the best you know so yeah just um look within and do the work and i just be here you know, for you if you want to connect and share stories or you know whatever but yeah Yeah, so thank you all, guys, and, you know, I love you all. I hope I have inspired you in some way, and, um, yeah, up until the next episode, peace.